Welcome to the Within Us podcast. My name is Azriela Jankovic, and I'm your host. In this show, we focus on everything related to well-being, well-being for the mind, well-being for the body, and well-being for the soul. Today's guest talks about wellness in a way that I think is extremely appropriate for the times that we are in currently. In Israel, where I live, we're in a very happy month where we celebrate a holiday called Purim. And there are customs on Purim that involve dressing up and delivering meals to neighbors and exchanging food. And in light of what's going on with this coronavirus situation, it really brings new meaning to these customs. Yesterday in our country, it was announced that anyone coming in from abroad will need to be isolated for two weeks so that the spread of the virus will be put to an end. And I think it's really important that we put an end to this. You know, to put things in perspective, a hundred years ago, the flu virus killed 50 million people worldwide. And at the time, the virus was spreading at the speed of a steam engine. Today, we see things are spreading at the speed of 747 jets, and that really expedites the process. That being said, we have technology like Google, and it used to be that before Google, it would take organizations like the CDC days to figure out that a new strain of the flu had broken out. But today, by analyzing search terms on the internet, Google.org is able to identify new viruses and health issues literally within hours when they spring up. So I think that developments like that put a lot of this into perspective. That being said, people really are being affected in serious ways. And in terms of maintaining our own health, my guest today asked a really important question when anything comes up in the health of those that she helps. And she asks, Instead of why me, she asks, what now? And I think we could spend a lot of time asking why. And some of those why questions could lead us to like inspirational answers. And, you know, we could realize that someone sneezes in China and weeks later there are airports closing and flights being canceled and trips being canceled and and jobs being lost and the stock market crashing and all these like devastating results of something small. And on the same token, friends, I think we could also use this as an opportunity to realize that when someone does an act of kindness in China or anywhere in the world for that matter, be it smiling at a stranger or bringing a meal to someone who's sick or gladdening a bride and groom or help consoling a mourner, whatever the the act of kindness is, even if it's something that seems so small, brightening up someone's day can change the world through the ripple effects of just this one act. So I think that this really demonstrates the power of small acts and the power of invisible forces to change the world. And perhaps what we can each do is just to take on one act of kindness to help someone out who's suffering to change the world right now. This morning I found out that the father of someone I know is actually in the hospital and he is hospitalized with coronavirus, which is is just 
awful. It's, it's so, so sad. His name, for those who have a custom of saying names when they pray, his name is Aaron Saul Ben Rachel. And he is the father of someone we know who is a really special member of the community. And he's currently in the hospital on a respirator. And the family is asking anyone who says prayers or, or says psalms to say a psalm in the merit of his healing and also do an act of kindness. So I thought that was a really beautiful idea, whether it's bringing a meal to someone who who needs food or making a small donation, whatever you can do. And through our kindness, may we tip the scales and bring, bring him a, a complete and speedy recovery. So I think if we can focus on helping people who need it with prayers, with acts of kindness, and really focus on what is our influence, what is in our circle of influence? You know, we could sit and we could listen to the news all day and nothing would change and we would just be more stressed and more upset. But if we can take this situation as an opportunity to find one place where we can make a difference, the difference will be huge. It'll be absolutely huge because we're not going to waste our energy being stressed and upset. We're going to take our energy and we're going to act we're going to turn it into action and really do something and focus on what's in our control. So I think that's a huge takeaway from all of this and from my guest today. She is very much focused on what we can control and she's worked with people from all different walks of life, dealing with some of life's most difficult illnesses and tragedies and she has a way through the processes which she utilizes and implements with them of really helping people turn things around in intentional ways. So you're going to hear from my guest. Her name is Devorah Kerr, and I really enjoy her. I've heard her speak at events, and I was so excited when she agreed to come on the show so that I could spend some time with her. And I'll tell you what I did in this episode. I interviewed her. I asked her all about what it is that she does so that you get a sense. And then I also had her work with me and walk me through her process that she uses in terms of helping me with a specific issue, the issue that I shared with her in the episode. So this is something that I'm going to be doing in this episode and in some upcoming episodes as well in order to model for you what the process looks like so that you can go through it on your own. You can kind of use what she's sharing with me in order to walk yourself through the process that she utilizes so that you could see yourself in the process and you could see how this process could potentially heal you, bring you healing, bring you wellness. And you can also get a sense for, for what she does and what this process looks like if it's something that you want to pursue on your own after you finish listening. In terms of upcoming guests, I've got such a fabulous lineup. I want to take a a quick moment and just share with you. I'm so thrilled. You know, since I started this show in September, I've been reaching out to people. The second I get a new book and fall in love with my book or find someone on Instagram that I love following and think that they could be a good fit for the show, I just reach reach out to them. I've reached out to so many people and incredibly wonderful, special people are saying yes to coming on the show. And it's just, it's a joy. So I want to tell you what's up and coming. I have today's guest. You're going to love her. 
And then I have Hannah Mason coming up. She's an author. She's written several books. And we talk specifically about her book called Hold That Thought, which is based on several processes of inquiry, therapy, and coaching. And it's a phenomenal episode that's coming up soon. I also have some meditation gurus. I came across these folks independently. David G. I found on Insight Timer. He's one of the most popular meditation teachers there and in the world right now, as well as Mindful Skater Girl on Instagram. Her name is Shelly Tygielski, and she is an international meditation teacher as well. And I found out that they were coming to Israel on a trip where they take their group of meditators throughout the country and they make connections with people in every possible fold of this society. And they really focus on human connections and connecting in spite of any conflict and really making human connections no matter what else is going on. And it was something when I saw Shelly posting about it I was really curious and inspired, and I appreciated the honesty that she shares as someone who was born in Jerusalem, and she's actually the 19th generation born in Jerusalem. So I was with David G. and Shelly last week. I interviewed them about their trip. We spent two hours together. It's a really in-depth interview, and it's going to come out, I think, actually as two episodes. It's pretty long and that's going to come out soon. Make sure you are subscribed to get all of these. It's going to be incredible. I interviewed my dad last week, which was also so cool. And he has a great story. He, for the last 10 years, has been working in the nonprofit sector, running a foundation, one of the largest foundations in San Diego, California. And they're focusing on creating community and really new and unique ways and they're so focused on creating sustainability and they're helping populations that really need the help most and doing it in ways that mobilize the community at large, which I think is so beautiful because it's really a win-win. It's solving problems and it's also helping people feel needed and be needed and, and use all the resources that they have been given. So that's going to be a phenomenal interview. I have so much more coming up. I mean, it just goes on and on. This Tuesday, I am really excited to sit down with one of my all-time favorite teachers and rabbis, someone whose books I've had for years, Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky. He is a medical doctor. He's written, I think, 50 books now on spirituality and self-esteem, and he is a prominent rabbi, has been for many, many years, and has worked with people at the most needy levels of society, people who suffer from addiction and people who need the help most. And I'm so inspired by his humility and his years of service. And I've learned so much from his book, so I'm really looking forward to sitting down with Rabbi Dr. Tversky this week. And there's even more. I mean, the list goes on. It's, 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 uh, I'm so humbled. I'm so humbled to have such special teachers and that you're here with me, joining me on the journey. It's incredible. So stay in touch and let me know what you need, 
what you want to hear more of, what kind of guests you want to hear from, and what problems you're dealing with and what challenges you're facing and who you want to hear from and and what you need. I want to hear from you and I want to make this show the best that it can possibly be for all of us. I think that when we're at our best individually, we are at our best collectively. So thank you so much for being here. And with all of that said, I'm going to hand it over to my special guest for today, Devora Kerr. Welcome to Within Us, Devora Bloomker. I'm so grateful to have you here today. I had the pleasure of listening to you speak last week at a wellness event, and I'm just so excited to share your work. I've been following you for many months now. You are a wellness architect, so share with us. What is a wellness architect and what types of problems do you solve? So it's so interesting how I came up with that um, title, kind of, because my initial career was in interior design and I was in the architecture world for many years until life happened and I changed careers and went into the healing um, profession. So I kind of still have that identity in me, that creativity and uh, that ability to really, I see myself as someone who helps build people up to the place where they want to be in their well-being, supporting um, and helping people be who they want to be without having to lean on me and rely on me, but to help people get to where they want to be in their lives. Supporting, building, and empowering wellness. It's quite funny because I used to work in the the realm of space, making space well amenable. And now what I do is I work on inner space. Like actually I've just thought of that and um, that's what I love to do because the space where we find ourselves, not just in our external space, but our internal space is so important. And um, there's a lot that we can do to create what that internal space is going to be like. And that's where I love uh, helping people. That's incredible. You're speaking my language. This is within (laughs) us. And I believe so firmly that when we grow our awareness, we can discover our treasure troves within. So tell us a little bit about your process. When I actually did change careers, which was um, 18 years ago, I changed careers into the wellness industry and I entered as a reflexologist. And on that level, I was just helping people with their bodies, being well, getting the bodies right. And I was really struggling when people would come to me and say to me, why do I have to be sick? Or why can't I have a baby? And I was like, I don't know. Let me work your immune system or let me work your hormone system. Um, I can't answer these why me questions. And it always bothered me why I couldn't. And, um, and then my, my search for wanting to learn more grew and I went to study logotherapy, which is the teachings of Dr. Viktor Frankl. If you've read his book, Man's Search for Meaning, he was a, a Holocaust survivor and a doctor who studied human behavior in the face of difficulty and struggle and challenge. And how do we overcome that? And through learning logotherapy, I was able to help people with their um, why me questions. But actually, what what is so beautiful is when we ask the word why, any kind of question, which is why, it kind of keeps us a bit like a victim. But when we ask the word what now, or the question what now, we get a better response. Because when we are looking for why answers, we're stuck in our situation. But when we're looking to respond to our situation and say, okay, I'm in this situation, 
how can I be empowered to grow with it, grow through it, overcome it, then that is um, coming from a different place. So the logotherapy helped me to help people go to that deep place of finding their own strengths inside. I've studied mental imagery at um, the American Institute for Mental Imagery and um, with a, a magnificent human being who passed away a year ago. His name was Dr. Gerald Epstein, a psychiatrist who teaches about, taught about mental imagery, how we use our minds to help us heal. And I'd love to speak a little bit about that. And um, also somatic experience, which is where it's like emotional first aid, which is using and going into the nervous system to help deal with challenge, trauma, struggles, difficulties, and do correctional experiences if, uh, if that will work. So we have essentially three main areas of focus. And yeah. I love how you bring up Dr. Victor Frankel. Uh, a few episodes ago, I had an integrative medical doctor on the show, Dr. Andrew David Schiller. And mm -hmm. he was speaking about the spiritual component of healing and how so often when someone is able to tap into their purpose, their healing process is really expedited. And he also mentioned Dr. Frankel. So I yes. think it's beautiful that this doctor's name is coming up again and that this idea of purpose and meaning is presenting itself. So why don't we go ahead and start there? What do you think is the role of purpose and how do we tap into purpose in our lives? Mm. Well, that is a beautiful question. I think a lot of people are searching for the answer to. For me, I think the place to start is um, by asking different questions. We can't control external circumstances. We can only control what we do in a situation. So when something will happen, whether it is an external event or an illness or a tragedy or something that is not within our control, there's kind of two ways to shout to a situation like that. And the first one I see as um, going into that place of stuckness and of uh, victimhood. And the other one is saying, well, how can I dig deep to find why this came into my life and how I can respond? I think when we can do that, then we can find new purposes. And I've had the privilege of working with young cancer patients, for example, who, who didn't expect to get breast cancer in their 20s or 30s. And now that this door has been opened for them, they found new kind of purpose and meaning into where their life is going instead of where their life was going before. So you might not be able to change the fact that the illness is here, but when you actually go to the place of not seeing it as, I love to say, not seeing it as a stumbling block, but seeing it as a stepping stone to your higher self, then mm -hmm. it has come into your life for a reason. It's not I love that stamp. so much. Not yeah. seeing our challenges as stumbling blocks, seeing them as stepping stones. That's how I love to um, introduce the work I do with people. Right, we can't help that this is in your life, this tragedy or this. Um, and I also work as a bereavement counselor. So I, I, I see a lot of people in their place of tremendous grief. So um, we can't change the circumstances, but we can work on that place of how we show up to deal with them. Who are we going to become because of them? How will these things define our lives? And when we can answer those questions, we are getting closer and closer to our purpose. Mm. 
Acceptance. Acceptance yeah. that this is the situation. How might this be here for me? Right. Like just like on a basic level, you know, it's raining outside. Either I'm going to stand outside and complain or I'm going to put my wellies on and take an umbrella and off I go. You know, they, we're not going to let the rain stop us. We are going to still get out there and just grow and do and become more of what we, um, what we are here to, to do. You know, mm. we have come here to grow. We've come here to serve. We've come here. And I also feel that these difficulties or challenges that come into our lives are actually the opportunities to show us our greater self. Because unfortunately, people don't wake up on a beautiful morning like today and say, oh, how can I be my best self today? And it's just not our natural go-to and thinking the sun is shining and what can I do today to be awesome? But when we are in a struggle or a difficulty and a challenge, then we are pushed to find what we are made of. And mm. when we go to that space, we meet ourselves on a level that was just dormant potential lying hidden within us. And it is the difficulty that has allowed this potential in you to be birthed. One of my um, logotherapy teachers, she says, we, we, through the, the use of logotherapy, we give birth to ourselves. And through our difficulties and our struggles and our challenges, we know who we are. People will say to us, I don't know, how, how did you know um, you could be this strong? Well, we didn't know until we were in a challenge. We don't wake up and say, today I'm going to be strong. We actually are only shown our strengths if we prepare to go there through our challenges. So that we, people shouldn't be scared about the challenges that come their way. It's like when they're here, it's, and, and they sometimes it's almost like they want to shoot the messenger. But the messenger, which comes in the form of struggle or challenge or difficulty or trauma, is an opportunity for us to grow and evolve to a beautiful place. And that's where I love working with people. Incredible. So that's really a shift in our thinking in terms of not why is this happening to me, but how could this be happening for me? Right. What could this reveal to me about ourselves? And there's actually my favorite, favorite quote. I have many, but this is my real favorite is by James Allen. And he says, circumstances don't make a man, they reveal him. Ooh. Oh, that's so powerful, huh? So mm. it's what is going on in our life that shows us who we really are. And that is where we do have control. We can't control what came, but we can control what now. How am I going to show up because of this? And uh, who will I be because of this? It really makes a lot of sense. And I think this mentality for everyone who's listening can really bring out what's within us and help us live to our fullest. So thank you for that. Mm. Let's go ahead and move on to the second piece of what you do, which is this mental imagery. Now, what is mental imagery and how can we tap into its power? Okay, so basically mental imagery is using our minds to help us heal. So we know that our minds are so um, creative and so imaginative. We could use our imagination to, to see ourselves swimming underwater and breathing or flying in the air. Like in your mind, you can see anything happening. And um, when we, we do a certain type of breathing to go into this place of the imagination, 
And what this does is it quietens down the thinking mind and it opens up the imagination mind. And in that place, anything is possible. And what we can do from that place is we can go and we can have a correctional experience. We can take something from many, many years ago, which has hurt us or wounded us, and we can change the ending. We can give ourselves the skills that we would have needed at the time. And what happens is I think it's filtered into the nervous system to integrate into us to having had those tools or having had that different ending or having had that healing that we needed. So it, it can be used on um, in places like anxiety. So to help a person, say, going through an event of anxiety, to firstly feel, and this is a combination of the, um, the mental imagery as well as the somatic experience. It's going to that place in the nervous system and getting really getting in touch with what is going on in your body right now and how can we release that? And when we're able to release it, the body has certain sensations that it feels. And um, this is sometimes a stuck energy that circulates in us that at the time of the event, we didn't have the skills or the wherewithal, or we froze, or we, we, um, we fled, or we didn't get to finish the story as we really, really needed it. And now that energy is circulating in our body. So through mental imagery and using somatic experience, we're able to go into that place and either change the ending or settle the nervous system. So it can be used, as I said, a man came to see me who was feeling tremendous anxiety. And what we did was the mental imagery where, um, where he, place where he feels empowered was on the beach. So um, he saw himself on the beach and I spoke him through what to, what to see and I guided him through and then seeing himself going into a tent on the beach because he sees a sandstorm approaching. And as he sees the sandstorm approaching, he feels all this anxiety, but he goes into the tent and it's peaceful in the tent. And then the sandstorm passes over the tent and he feels that safety within himself and the sandstorm is gone. And then he's feeling that place of um, calm. So what you're doing is you're suggesting to the nervous system and to the imagination what we want to happen. And what, what is so beautiful about imagery is we empower the person to be able to use it on their own in these situations where they feel empowered. And this man, afterwards, he went into the sea, which was his place, his happy place, because he's feeling nice and calm. And then he started feeling anxious again. So I gave him the opportunity to, to say to him, what would help you right now? So he said, just getting out of this water and being on a boat. So I said, we'll see the boat. In our imagination, anything is possible. And once he was on the boat, and I said to him, you are the captain of your ship and take the boat where you want it to go. So what we do through an experience like that, even though someone knows they weren't on the beach and they didn't go into a tent and they weren't the captain of their ship, the imagination has now had an experience of going through that. And it's very empowering to the body. The next time they're in a situation, they can go through that process and help themselves. So these tools are very empowering. What we actually do is we empower the person to go in and take a look. What do you see? Find a healthy place. What does that look like? How could you fix up this area? What do you need? You have all the tools within you to help yourself. And then we go through a process of fixing Fixing you have the tools. No, this is so interesting. You have the tools within you to fix yourself. So mm. I just yeah. want to take a minute to let that sink in. 
for all of yeah. our listeners. You have yeah. the tools within you to fix yourself. Now, my own epiphany in the last few weeks from my interviews, actually, has been really interesting because as much as I studied beliefs and as much as I've always been a proponent of self-development, for me, the process of changing our beliefs has always had some little bit of discomfort associated with changing the beliefs. And I've mm. figured out, finally figured out why. Okay. Mm -hmm. We know in ancient Jewish spirituality that we have a child mind and we have the wise mind. The wise part, the soul part of ourselves wants to manifest our dreams. We want to be the greatest version of ourselves. We want to see success, whether it's uh, physically or um, financially or emotionally. And yet, our body is providing some sort of pushback, some sort of mm. self-sabotage even, because there's a level of fear associated with manifesting greatness, mm. whether it's experiencing success, experiencing failure. And so it's in pacifying this smaller self, this body, comforting this body, mm -hmm. that we can create alignment. And it's so interesting in listening to you share about the visualization that this seems to be a new method through which new for me at least in terms of how we can go about doing this so i think what i would add to what you've said is that um the body actually provides us with hints and um when there's a symptom that is playing up in the body there's a whole lot of um questions we could be asking there's no such thing as coincidence where it is in your body, it's also like a quiet knock from the inside saying, this is how, this is what you need right now to get you on your path. As you said, like our, our souls know that they've come here to grow and develop and to serve and to be great. And the bodies are here to actually to help us get there, not to stop us. Oh, I love us. that. So essentially what you're saying is the body's like calling out for attention, giving the soul hints. Here I yes. am, take care of me, bring me yes. with you. And when we get the first sign of a symptom is actually like um, a little quiet knock from the internal side saying, let me help you on your path. And as I said in the beginning, it's not about like, well, the why me and why do I have to have this? You know, it's about interesting. What could this message be right now? And mm, curiosity. Um, so staying curious when we notice a symptom in our body. So an example of that could be like, an example of that could be, I'll just go with constipation. Let's okay. Say. There we so go. Let's say constipation. I love hearing about this and I think it's so powerful mm -hmm. for our listeners. Would you be able to like walk me through one of these three, using one of these three tools to suppose I came to you with an issue. Say I come to you, Devorah, and I tell you, you know what? Um, I'm just feeling this sort of pressure in my shoulders. I just feel my shoulders kind of like, tension kind of pulling forward. I don't know where this is coming from, but is it possible that it could be a hint? Is there something I can do to, to help myself through this? Okay, so that's a beautiful example because people suffer in their shoulders. And um, actually it was the Beatles who uh, sang their beautiful song, Hey Jude, don't carry the world on your shoulders. And that's what we see a lot um, coming up. So um, if, if this were to be the person who's coming up with this, I think they might just notice what it feels like in your shoulders. I would actually first start from a place of 
notice another place in your body which feels calm and which feels well and uh, so just notice a place somewhere else that feels feels good not tense like notice a place that feels comfortable and then I'd spend a little bit of time there what does that feel like what are the sensations how do you know it's comfortable what does comfort feel like to you what's the experience of comfort for you and then once we spend a little bit of time there, I'd go to the place of tension in the shoulders. Okay, just be with that and give me some words to describe what's going on in your shoulders now. And based on the words that you would pick, which would be, like, give me an example. So I feel like my shoulders are voluntarily coming forward. Okay. Okay. And um, what's your experience of that? It almost feels like I'm trying to protect myself or like hunch up into a ball. Okay. Okay. So just notice, notice that feeling. Um, and um, is there any image that comes up in your shoulders of this protection? It looks like a baby inside of a womb. Ah, and is that, is there a memory connected with for you something with this? It just looks calm and safe and like it's in a gestation period, like, like getting ready for something. It's exciting and, and scary at the same time. Right, right. So if you were to take those two feelings, the exciting and the scary, and go into that place in your, in your shoulders, why don't you check them out? Where the place of the excitement is? Can you find a place of excitement in the shoulders? Or is it the, just the scary that you've been in? All of a sudden, they feel fine, to be honest. <laughs> so what's interesting is when we pay attention to the actual physical sensation of what's going on, oftentimes it can release. But what will sometimes come up is someone will say, as you said, um, I'm having a memory now of... Um, you know, a, a pregnancy or, or as a baby, um, you know, when I was, it could have been that the person themselves had a, was in a difficult um, uh, birth situation. Or really? It could be. So That's you know, fascinating. Up, how do shoulders connect to womb? You know, there was something for you about something starting, something new. There's a fear, there's a tension, there's a pressure. What I'm feeling about this new thing I'm giving birth to. And I didn't put those words in for you. It was, when we go to that space of um, imagination and we go to that space of the nervous system in the body, it speaks to us on a deeper level of what's really going on. And then we mm -hmm. let it talk. And if an event comes up or a memory comes up, then we ask the person, what would have really helped you at that time? And let's correct the experience. What did you need? If you needed courage and, and you don't know what courage looks like, then do you have a friend or a mentor who, who has courage that you could invite in? Oh, that is fascinating. So you would ask, you would ask the person struggling with the shoulders who's imagining this being in the womb, what did you need when you were in the womb? What did you need to hear? Yeah. What would have helped you? Or what would it, let's see the ending. Like, and even before we get to the ending, we, we, we watch the person that they don't get too, um, highly charged or going to that place of trauma but we go to the place of the memory very very gently and just like we take the layers off like of an onion very very 
gently until we get to the core of what's really going on. And what do they need in that space? And once the brain has experienced it from this place, a new memory is created. Even if you know this is not how this event really ended in my life, but the brain now has a new memory of how it ended. So it has two memories of the original one and this one. And the brain can't differentiate between the two. You have two stored memories now. And what happens is then the electricity is taken out of the nervous system and things can settle down. It's a beautiful, beautiful, gentle way of going inside there and helping people to heal from within. I love this so much. It's magical. It really is. I, I really believe in the power of the mind, the power of visualization, and to be able to use it for our healing is, is just such a gift. So thank you for that. And tell us, where can our listeners find you and learn more about the work that you do? Thank you for that. So my website is DK, which are my initials, Devorah Kerr, dkwellness.co.il. And I have a Facebook page, DK Wellbeing. And um, I have a YouTube channel. You can also look for me there. And a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Super. Okay, so for our listeners who are tuning in, I'm going to put all of these contact, all of Devorah's contact information is going to be in the show notes. Right. And I also do um, Zoom consultations with people. So um, it's available wherever you are. And Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. We have listeners now tuning in from every continent. So that's really helpful. That's wonderful. A huge thank you to Devora for joining me on the show today. You can be in touch with her. I'm going to put all of her info in the show notes so that you can find her. And everyone, I know that there's so much happening right now. There are so many lives being affected by what's going on in, in the world and my prayers are going out to all of you and may we all continue to take on acts of kindness and do whatever we can prayer act both and even seemingly small things make a huge different i difference i think that's a lesson that we're taking away from all of this so be in touch with me let me know what you're doing and also what kind of help you need I think it's important to ask for help when it's needed because really you're empowering other people to have a purpose and to act with purpose. And that is the most important thing that we can do in this world for one another. So in other news, my friends, I want you all to know that I'm working on a project that's really related to these acts of kindness. I just finished creating something called a Growing Kindness Journal. And it is a journal that you can write in. And within the introduction, I share a story about how writing down acts of service and acts of kindness really changed my life in a difficult moment that I had about 10 years ago. And my quest for information and, and for learning about living with greater well-being and happiness came from struggling to do so myself. And one of my most difficult moments came about around 10 years ago. And it was through learning how to notice what I was doing and notice the good that I was doing in this world that I was able to move out of a very difficult and dark time for me personally. So I detailed that in the introduction to the journal. And then I gave some instructions for how to use the journal. 
And, you know, of course you can do this activity, you can journal on your own, you can do it anywhere on your phone even. Just start writing down the things that you're doing to make this world a better place. Anything from taking care of yourself, taking care of someone else, taking care of your home, taking care of the environment, whatever it is, noticing it. Because as I've come to learn, we are neurologically wired, right? Our physiology is wired for survival. And being wired for survival, we're wired to focus on the negative. And while that might help us survive, it doesn't really do much for our emotional well-being or our, our mental wellness and our state of mind. So we really have to train our brains. We need to learn how to activate the prefrontal cortex. And this is a way that we can do it. And that's why gratitude journals are so important and I notice myself even now, so I started using the Acts of Kindness journal as I was working on creating it, and sometimes I just have like rough days, and, and I don't always even know why. Like the other day, I, I had a great morning, I gave a talk, I was so excited about it, I saw a client, I really felt like I was able to do great things that day, and yet at the end of the day, I was just feeling so low and so down, and I was so focused on like all the things I could have said and should have done and, you know, a million things that I wanted to do better that day. And it was not pleasant. But when I sat down and I started journaling, something shifted and it shifted in terms of helping me notice where I was making effort and where I was living out my good intentions. And, and it was great. It was helpful. So I think that, you know, in doing activities like this, we can empower ourselves to do more and, and just to stay motivated on this journey and to stay active and, and stay engaged because we are so needed in this world. You are so, so needed in this world. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. You can reach out to me on my website anytime. It's drazi.co. That's D-R-A-Z-I.co. I coach people one-on-one -on -one who have dreams and goals and who might be feeling a little bit scared about getting started or where to start, fear of success, fear of failure. I see all of it and I help people through it, people just like you. So you can reach out to me and let me know what your goals are and I can, I can try to help you. I will let you know what I can do for you. I studied beliefs when I was getting my doctorate and now I say I believe in people for a living and there is nothing more I would rather be doing. So whether it's one-on-one -on -one coaching or if you're interested in joining one of my masterminds, I'm going to be opening some group coaching in the middle of April. So stay tuned for that and subscribe. Subscribe to the show. I've got such a line of superstars coming up that have so much helpful information for all of us. Make sure you're subscribed, and if you scroll all the way down to the bottom where you listen to the show on iTunes, you can leave a rating and a review for the show. Really appreciate your doing that. It helps more people connect to the show and see the show, and it'll help the show come up when people are searching for the content that they need most. So. Thank you so much again and stay tuned. I will see you next week. Have a blessed one.